Thanks for tuning in to the John Papaloni Show. Today we have Nicole Bernard. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Absolute pleasure. Why don't we start off the podcast with giving us an introduction of who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Yeah. Um, so my name is Nicole Bernard. I own NB Marketing. We're a marketing and consulting agency. I um, have had it for the last seven years. Um, prior to that, my husband and I owned a small business. We had a small farm and brewery that we operated for seven years. Um, the degrees in marketing started out as an internship with Microsoft 20, uh, 2005, so almost 20 years ago. So I've been in the marketing space for a really long time. Um, and yeah, just really love the entrepreneurship part of, you know, being able to run a business and do what I love, which is marketing. Absolutely. Now you said that you started off with Microsoft and stuff. Mm -hmm. So my question is why, like, I mean, look, most people, you know, let's, let, let's look at the trajectory of most people. Most people get in a job, they usually get into some small agency or some small job you know, or graduate from university and make the comments like, I didn't go to university to work at Starbucks and, you know, I mean, stuff like that. And then somehow, you know, just natural progression over time and they get the corporate ladder and they aim to get to Microsoft. Mm -hmm. Now you already got there and you're not there anymore. So obviously that changed. What was the motivation? It, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny. I never really thought I'd be an entrepreneur. That wasn't something I grew up wanting to do. Um, there's not any any entrepreneurs in my family. And so, yeah, we were, I'm the youngest of five, same thing. We all went through college and then everybody just got jobs. Um, but it was actually my, my husband took a trip. We're from New Orleans. So we were in New Orleans and he went up to Alaska and he was like, I just love it up here. And my parents had actually moved up here to the Washington, Oregon area. And so that's kind of what brought us up here. So I left um, and we found this property and we were young. We didn't have kids at the time. Thought it'd be a great idea to, you know, revive this property. And we started an organic farm and brewery. So it kind of, without the push from my husband, I might not be where I'm at today. Um, because yeah, I just, again, I didn't really see that as like entrepreneurship was what I wanted to do. Yeah, got it. Got it. So now you have the brewery. Do you guys still have it or what happened there? Oh, we do not. We had it for seven years um, and we literally caused too much traffic. Our neighbors complained. Um, they weren't as excited about our success as we were. Um, so we went <laughs> through a whole public hearing, lawyers, all of that. And we ended up with having to change our business model so much that it just wouldn't work. So we ended up closing the farm and then we ended up selling it about two years after that. Um, so that, and that was in 2017. Got it. Wow. What a shame though. I mean, sometimes, especially when something's working out and then you just, you know, and it's something out of your control. So mm -hmm. what are you going to do? Right. Well, but, hey, it's part of the growing pains. And I'm sure you learned a lot from that experience. So yeah. it kind of forms you to who you are today. Definitely. And we still have connections. We still have great friends that we met back on the farm. Great memories. Um, you know, looking back, I mean, it did at that point feel like the rug was kind of ripped out from underneath us, but you know, farming's hard. I mean, my husband was out there like 80 hours a week, you know? Um, so it, it, where we're at now didn't see where that was going to go, but it's looking back, like you said, it all, it all happens for a reason. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, what would your takeaway be for anybody who's, um, trying to become, you know, like, Thinking about taking the leap from entrepreneur, uh, sorry, not from entrepreneurship, from a job to entrepreneurship. And, you know, they want to go on their own. They have this idea and they're not really sure where to start. So they're thinking about what should I do? Should I do it? Do I get a mentor? Do I not get a mentor? Like yada, 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 you know, like and all that. Where would you tell them to start? Yeah, um, I, I 
say, I, you know, really figuring out what you really want to do, like who you want to help, what products or services you're really going to go after to help these people and solve this problem. Um, and then, yeah, kind of, I think a lot of entrepreneurs we hop into, like we get so excited and we jump into a business. So they're really taking that time to kind of understand who we're trying to help, you know, where they're at, how you can connect with them, um, and then figuring out how you can take those steps to either, you know, grow it on the side while you're still working, or if you're just going to make that big leap and go for it. Cause I think different personalities, you know, fare better depending on which way they decide to go after it. Um, but yeah, I'd say just a little bit of planning, you know, get your foundation in order. Cause I think that helps a lot. Yeah. I love what you said there. I mean, decide whether you're going to, uh, you know, continue working while you're building it on the side or jumping into it. Um, there's many different theories in that. Some people believe that if you just don't, uh, you know, just jump off the mountain and hope you land, then you're not really serious. And then there's other people that believe that uh, you're jumping off that mountain without a parachute and that's stupid. And everybody has different views of it. And I don't personally, I don't think there's a right or wrong. I think it's a matter of what's right or wrong for you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Definitely. Because some people might be crazy motivated if they're like, okay, I'm quitting on Friday and I'm launching, you know, like they kind of almost give themselves that pressure, you know, and people, certain people will respond to that while others, you know, kind of want to, you know, like build it up. So they feel comfortable when they do finally quit. I just, yeah, I think it's, we're all so different. So just figure out which way works for you and your family and your situation and all that. Absolutely. makes sense. Now you got into the marketing game, which is interesting. Obviously there's a passion for it. Mm. Now, what aspect of the business do you like the most? Yes. Yeah. So I, I didn't even really know that I loved marketing until, like I said, I worked with uh, Microsoft um, and they flew us all. I was still in college. So it was an internship right as I was graduating, um, flew us up first class, took us to the Microsoft campus. It was so amazing. Um, and then it, it, what it taught me was that there is, and I think my brain's kind of funny, like at pretty creative, but then there's also strategy and I love blending those two together. So that's what I really love about it. Um, and I work with all kinds of different businesses, uh, corporations. I've never like niche down to one specific industry because I really love, you know, meeting a business, what they're trying to accomplish, who, what their goals are, who they're trying to market to, and then creating that strategy from there. Um, and you know, marketing is always evolving. So there's always something to learn. Um, and you know, taking these, tools and, and adapting them to each business. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you on that. And, I, and this is the thing though. I mean, okay. So you didn't niche down to interpo in terms of industry, right? but yeah, I, I don't believe you can serve everybody and anybody. I mean, oh. marketing to a degree, reality is it's a formula. It's just how you apply it changes based on the business or the industry, mm -hmm. but it's really the same formula. And yeah. I remember, cause I came from the marketing business back in the day before my, uh, my, um, real estate venture, I had a marketing business and I remember everybody used to me, Oh, what type of marketing do you do? And I'm like, that is literally the stupidest question you can ask. <laughs> and I mean, like, I know what they meant, but what right. they meant and what they said are not really the same thing. Real reality is, and this is the way I view it. And you tell me what you think I view it. Marketing is really what you're doing. And when they refer what type of marketing to do, they're meaning what type of advertising, you know, things do you use? Like what type of, uh, you know, like whether it's print, mar print, uh, radio, you know, social media, whatever, like they're, they're getting in the nitty gritty, but that's just advertising forms. Marketing to me is the plan, the plan <laughs> of what you're doing, the brand that you're building, the whole umbrella is your marketing where, you know, social media, radio, television is just little nuggets to build that marketing brand. Mm -hmm. And that's the way I look at it. So when somebody says, what type of marketing do you do? 
And I'm thinking, yeah, really? <laughs> so what's your perception on that? Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, my, my analogy is like a pie. So like marketing is like the pie and then like the slice is like SEO, you know, or so like social media, branding, messaging. Um, so the same thing, it's kind of the overall whole pie and like where like all those pieces fit in together is what's going to get you all the results, you know? Yeah, exactly. Now, sales or marketing, which more important to you? <laughs> are both quite important, you know, especially as being a business, you know, you need the marketing to bring in the sales, you need to bring the sales to, you know, continue to run your business. So I think they're both equally important. And I think people get really overwhelmed when they hear either one of those terms, especially as an entrepreneur, because, you know, with marketing, yeah, people think there's a, a million different ways you can do it. But again, like you said, it's a formula of figuring out what's going to work for you. And then sales too, I think people are like, oh God, I don't want to come across as like a salesy person, like a car salesman, but really those are conversations, you know, and if you're kind of building it up with your marketing and different, you know, business strategies that the sales should take care of themselves, kind of. <laughs> yeah, which is going to lead to my point here. I believe like ask me that question, I will answer and say marketing. I'm mm -hmm. more interested in the marketing than I am in the sales. Now, to be clear, I'm not stupid to believe that I can market my way for the rest of my life and not collect a dime or do one single sale. Right. But I believe the more you market yourself, the more people will get to know you. And people like to buy from people they know, like, and trust. So the more they know, like, and trust you, the more they're willing to buy. So I believe you have to have the marketing first in order to make the deepest impact. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, marketing is really about creating relationships, right? And nurturing yep. them and yeah, building them, connecting all that. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, what was the, when you got started, right? Like, I'm sure you didn't just decide, Hey, I'm going to get into marketing, go to bed one day, wake up and say, wow, I got a thousand clients. Where did they come from? <laughs> now there must've been a journey or a process that you got into to build your business. So why don't we get into that and, you know, maybe explain uh, how the process started and what the journey was like. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So going back to the farm and brewery, I did all the marketing. So I, you know, built a little website off Wix, social media, um, search engine optimizations, kind of, you know, the beer scene is pretty big up here in the Northwest. So I reached out to influencers, had to come out to the farm. So I kind of had a taste of that, um, again, coming off of with Microsoft. So I kind of, you know, but you know, when I worked with Microsoft, like that was 2005. So the Facebook was just coming around. So it's still like similar strategies, just different tools because the internet wasn't what it is today. Um, so again, just building those relationships, but in a different way. Um, so after we closed the farm, I went and worked at a marketing agency for about two and a half years. And then in 2016, uh, my dad passed away and I was like, you know what? Life's short. I, I like, I was kind of like still a little burned from the farm experience, but I was like, oh, I'm going to do this again. Um, and so that's how it kind of catapulted me into opening my own agency. Um, so having the experience of the farm and then also kind of really getting in the agency, learning their tools, their strategies, their processes, and then started my own. Right, right, right. How did you pick up your first client? Uh, referrals. That is how I started. Um, multiple referrals. I still get referrals a lot. I still have same. I'm looking at my client list right now. Um, multiple clients from when I first opened. Um, and but now they come in, you know, through my podcast, the website, social media, they come in different channels now, but I started with referrals. Right, which goes back to what we just said. They go buy, uh, people buy from people they know, like, and trust. Mm-hmm, exactly. Love that. Now, I have heard different things here, and I'm going to be honest, I'm kind of torn on my thoughts on this, so I'm going to get your thoughts on it. 
I kind of see some of it myself, but I don't know how much I agree with the statement where I heard an interview today on a podcast where the person says websites are basically irrelevant today and they don't work. They're not as important anymore. And I got mixed feelings on that. <laughs> to some degree, I kind of know what the person's talking about. But at the same time, like, look, the way I look at it is I see as a website now as a way of uh, seeking validity. Like when you mm -hmm. talk to a person, first thing they're going to do is look out your website. Yep. And I see that. But prime example now, if I want to post just say my podcast on my website or I want to post information on my website or do a vlogging site or just post my services, I don't know how effective that will be. How many people will go to my website to see my stuff versus just finding me on Facebook or YouTube or Instagram or anything like that? What are your thoughts in terms of that? Yeah, so I can I I, I'm, I agree with you. I can kind of see where they're coming from and what they mean, um, because yeah, people can easily bypass our websites now. When before, I think that was one of the main ways they would go and kind of start you know going down the different channels. Um, but I do I still do think they're relevant because I think you know it gives people more of a chance to kind of dig around and see what they've got, see their personality because. You know, there is stuff they can see on social media, but they might not be able to gather it all at once. But I do think they, they go and research both. Like they're going to go look at your Instagram. They might not engage or like or anything, but they're going to go see what you're doing. And if they want to dig a little bit more, they'll go to your website too. So I, I still think they're quite relevant. Interesting. Yeah, I kind of agree with your analysis there. Now, here's the thing. Like once upon a time, you would get custom websites done. And now whether it was a thousand, two thousand, five thousand dollars, sometimes thirty thousand, depending on how big you did it. Mm -hmm. Now there's so many things like Squarespace. Um, even GoDaddy has their own version of build yourself. You have Wix, like you mentioned. There's so many things. How important is it today? to get your own customized version uh, of your website versus just going to a Squarespace and designing one? Like, does that matter anymore? Or is it depending on the business? Like, what's your take? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think those kind of templated uh, website builders have come a long way. Like it used to be like, oh, this looks kind of like very stale and, you know, just like everybody else, but they've really come a long way. There are a lot more, there's a lot more features. There's a lot more ways to brand. There's a lot more just ways to make it a lot more customizable. Um, so I think especially if early on entrepreneurs, that would probably totally be fine. Small businesses, um, you know, I work with some larger corporations. Obviously, they have a lot more bells and whistles, you know, so they're going to need a lot more um, widgets and plugins and things like that. So I think, it, yeah, it kind of depends on what your business is. But I, I think those, I mean, mine is on Show It, which is also a templated um website builder, but um, I bought like a custom template from a designer and it was so easy to plug it in there. And so nobody else has my website template because it was built and then customized, but still um, really quick and easy to do and pretty inexpensive. Makes total sense. And yeah, I love that. I mean, like that, that makes sense, right? Like again, the bigger you get, then the template ones kind of, kind of outgrow it in a sense. In right. a way, it's almost like, you know, congratulations, you grew, outgrew your website. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> it's like you graduated. <laughs> yeah, like maybe that should be a goal for people. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, someone starting out, where would their primary focus be? That's a good question. I mean, I think it's going to vary for the different businesses. Um, you know, I think that kind of goes into, you know, who are your people? What are they struggling with? Where are they hanging out at? You know, like what keeps them up at night? What are they Googling? Um, so that kind of helps you find your, your focus on where you can start. Um, I have 
like a marketing training that I call. It's like a get your marketing foundation in order. And that's kind of it kind of digs into, you know, like your ideal customer, um, words they're using, where they're at, people they're talking to. And so that's able to help you be more efficient and more effective. So you're not just like spreading it all out there and hoping somebody finds it. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Now, what would your avatar be? And yeah, okay. I got a few part questions here, but we'll start off. What's your, what's mm -hmm. your ideal customer? Who's your avatar? Yeah. And I have a few. Um, so like my, my main one is a business owner. Uh, I can't remember what I named her in my, my thing. I think it was Bonnie. But anyway, she has a business. She's been in business for a few years. She's done all the marketing. Um, you know, she's married, has kids. She's grown her business. But she's gotten to the point where she is able to offload it because she doesn't really want to do it anymore. And she knows she wants to take it to the next level. Um, and so she is looking for an agency to take that from her so that they can execute it for her. Love that. Now, I love how the fact that you went right to uh, even not just an avatar of uh, of a type of customer, but you went with women. And there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. But I mean, it's like almost like you knew right there that was your market. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And how did you choose that? I don't, you know, that's just kind of how like a few, like in the beginning, referrals came. Um, it's funny too. I have quite a few like female attorneys, um, which I've never worked in law before. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> not sure where that came. Um, but yeah, that just seemed to be like who came. And so my messaging has kind of reflected that if you go to my website, I wouldn't say it's super feminine, but it's definitely, you know, the, it, it mirrors probably more women than, than men. Um, but I do have, a, I have a few male clients who are awesome too. Um, and I work with them, but, um, yeah, I'm not, it just kind of organically happened that way. Awesome. Now this is what I heard and correct me if I'm wrong. And I think it is actually brilliant. It's uh, what I heard was that you started off and you got a certain clientele and rather than trying to shape it into something that you might've had in your head or not had in your head, you really figured out what worked. And then just decided to very much put the, you know, pour the gas on the fire kind of thing, just to make it blow it up even more. Mm -hmm. Now, having that, like you said, you have male clients as well. So being clear, when you have a marketing, you know, avatar, it doesn't mean you don't serve other people. It just means that your primary focus and the primary attraction, your message attracts that certain type. Yes. 100%. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Now, again, again, nobody is a, um, you know, I'm a master of everything. Some people are very good with certain things, right? Like what would be your specialty? Like where do you shine the most and what services are sort of the, I also provide this, but this is where I shine. Yeah. So I think where I shine is that strategy. Um, because like I said, I like to look at different aspects of what makes that business unique, what again, what they're targeting, what their goals are, what strategies would work the best for them in the quickest possible way. And I really love creating those custom strategies. Granted, there are certain like strategies that I use on multiple clients, but the nuances come in with really knowing who you're targeting or your keywords or, you know, like, are they more so, you know, are they professionals? Are they on LinkedIn or are they, you know, an older you know, I have one that's focused mainly on Facebook. Everybody says Facebook's dead, but their organic reach every month is over 40,000. I mean, it's not dead. It just depends on what and who they're really trying to, 
to talk to. Um, so I really like doing that. And then secondly, it would be social media. That's I really liked social media. Uh, I know a lot of people can't stand it and sometimes it gets tiring, but, <laughs> um, you know, just creating those connections, you know, seeing like, you know, doing experiments, seeing what works, doubling down on things like that. Um, that's been really fun too. Love that. Again, um, not everything is simple as it always sounds. And we always have what I call challenging clients. Mm -hmm. um, describe your first challenging client and how you dealt with it. Yeah, that's, that's a, you know, hope they don't usually come up too often. Um, but yeah, when they do, and at first, um, I was definitely one of those early on business owners that was like, oh, I have an email at 11 p.m. I will definitely answer that right now. <laughs> like I had no boundaries. <laughs> Uh, and somebody's like, I'll pay you a hundred dollars to vote. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. So like, I think it was just, you know, I, I think time helped me realize that experience helped me realize like to be able to set boundaries. Um, and so now like when I, you know, bring on a new client or anything like that, we have an onboarding process, which again, I didn't have in the beginning that kind of lays out like those boundaries, uh, which has made it a lot easier. So they know ahead of time. I know ahead of time what I, you know, we agreed to. And so those problematic clients don't really happen anymore, which is amazing. <laughs> so yeah, it makes sense. So basically what you're indirectly saying is you develop some systems. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that is so important, right? Like, I mean, I, I think that many people try to do businesses that, and they're scattered everywhere. Yeah. Reality is that if you look at the success, look at the ones who grow and thrive, it usually happens after they build that system. Yes. Definitely. And I think, you know, too, like we think, you know, it's like, oh, I have to build a system or processes that also too, I feel like people can get overwhelmed with and feel like, well, I'm not exactly sure, or I'll get to that later. I've got to, you know, put out another fire and then that kind of never gets done. But if you can take the time and even if you incrementally kind of build those out, it saves you so much time and headaches in the long run. Absolutely. Now, I think a lot of times the reason people put it off is like you said, they become overwhelmed, but I believe what happens is that they're already overwhelmed from not having a system. And what ends up happening is they think that system is gonna take up more time, time that they don't have. And what they don't realize is that by implementing the system, you actually save time because a lot of the errors and a lot of the chaos that you get becomes gone. You eliminate the chaos. And as a result of eliminating the chaos, you actually free up more time. Exactly. Yes. And it's, it's easier on you. Like it's less stressful. It's a better experience for your client or whoever you're trying to help because it's streamlined and organized on their end too. Yeah, I totally agree. Exactly. So also, yeah. So going forward here, there's been uh, what, what would you say is your average day? Like what does your typical day look like? Yeah. So um, it used to be, a, I have a few team members now, so now it's a little bit different, but it used to be just me you know, kind of getting my kids ready. Uh, actually, I used to get up at like four in the morning and work from like four to seven before they got up, just, to, you know, taking care of all the client uh, marketing things that need to be taken care of. Um, but now um, I have a few awesome team members and some writers and stuff like that. So I don't have to do as much of that. But yeah, it's um, getting up, getting my kids ready They're They go to school now. They've always homeschooled. This is their second year just going to school um, and now kind of, you know, like start checking my emails and catching up with my team members. Um, I still, I'm a, in charge of approving a lot of things. So we have a lot of content coming through um, that I approve and, and send back out. Um, so it's been a lot more delegation than before, which has been pretty great. Um, and then yeah, meeting new clients, doing podcasts. I do my podcasts on Friday. Um, 
So yeah, every day kind of looks a little bit different, but a lot some similar activities. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now I gotta ask you something kind of interesting. When you had to, uh, when you decided to hire on your first person, how difficult was that? Oh gosh, I went around that circle for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I can just keep doing it. I can do it. Like um, you know, that whole fear of like delegating, like you know, or at least for me, like is it going to be done okay? Do I need to invest this money? But then I got to the point where it was like, well, if you don't, then you're not going to be able to grow anymore because you can't physically do all this, you know. Uh, but yeah, it was scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because a lot of times from the surface, people always say, oh, why don't you just hire someone? Oh, just hire someone. But that that emotion inside and that fear of what if yes. is just so grand that it makes it really difficult. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it does. I drag my feet for a while, but I can tell you when you get to the other side, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Now, every business is scary. Every business has challenges. Every business has uh, wonders and every business owner wonders why they're doing what they're doing and whether they should have just stayed at Microsoft as an example. Mm -hmm. But we have that moment where that fear doesn't go away because I don't think it ever goes away, but it subsides to the point that you become more confident and saying, okay, I'm, I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm doing what I'm supposed to. I might have to pivot a few times, but at least I'm in the right area. Mm -hmm. And usually there's a, there's a catalyst or a certain event that gives us that uh, sense of uh, almost like an attaboy or an girl, like where we just feel like that aha moment, right? Mm -hmm. What was that moment for you? And sometimes we have more than one. Yeah. Um, trying to think. So I know like the whole, the pandemic was interesting um, because, you know, everybody like that was, I was just straight done for you agency. Um, and, it, you know, the world closed down. So what are we going to market to? So everybody kind of pulled back understandably. So that was kind of like, wow, okay, what are we doing now? So actually from there, I kind of, I started coaching. I became a marketing coach for um, this awesome business owner. Um, she, she's a financial coach. And so I became that. And I did that for like a year and a half, kind of during the pandemic. Um, and that opened up a whole other realization for me that I really loved coaching people. And I hadn't even really thought of that before. Um, and so I do coach people now as well. Um, but that was kind of like, that kind of forced me to be like, okay, you know, what am I going to do here? And, but I also think too, like, as I think as humans and entrepreneurs, we always want to know like, okay, we have goals, which are great we should always have goals but we also want to know every single step we're going to take to get to those goals and i don't think that we can know that and i think that we just have to understand that as we're moving if we keep moving you know paths will open up for us and i, and I feel like the more we continue to move and do things and move forward other opportunities show themselves and that has probably been one of my my biggest ahas over the last few years. I agree with what you're saying. I I also think that, uh, you know, life changes, right? And different moments and what we want, you know, changes with that. Mm -hmm. So, which leads up to my next question is the term learning to say no. And there's a certain point in time that I think the best progress comes from saying no. Yeah. What was that first moment when you realized you had to just start saying no to stuff? I've had, like, like I said, in the beginning, if people were like, I, I will pay you a hundred dollars a month to do social media. I was like, okay. Um, cause in, in my nature, I want to just help people and I, I really like what I'm doing. And I think it's also a little bit of fear of like, okay, I'll take that 
you know, like almost like a scarcity mindset. And so over the years of, again, getting experience and clients and building my business up, that was really hard to tell people no that didn't quite have the budget to, you know, to be able to, to do the things that they were trying to do. And that was really hard. Um, but again, if I were to do that, it would almost be taking away from me and my business to, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, and so that was probably one of the hardest things that, that I had to learn to say no to. <laughs> Makes sense. Now, have you had a service that you did in the beginning where you just stopped doing it? Like something you just figured, because there's not everything we do is a moneymaker. Now, right. some, some things we do, it is not a moneymaker, but we continue doing because it's almost like the lead generator. So you right. take the loss here so you can build here. Right. But then there's certain points where you realize that doesn't matter how many times I lose here, this will never build. So some stuff we continue as a loss leader, some stuff we say, I'm just not doing this anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I can't think of anything that I really don't do as service wise. Um, I did start a community that doesn't really make any money at all, but it's the same kind of thing. It's fostering these relationships and bringing people in. Uh, so it's pretty, it's really, really inexpensive. Um, and that again, doesn't make any money, but it's able to, you know, nurture those relationships, brand awareness, things like that. Which brings up the next point here, right? Like where is your passion now, right? Like we all have a vision going forward. Mm -hmm. So we usually like start off doing anything and everything and then we learn to delegate right and at that point in time then we start just pursuing what interests us and our passion and we have this vision of you know where we want to go and what we want to do mm -hmm. what drives you today yeah so yeah i i love the aspect of of where i'm at in my business now because it's it's a lot different than being the one doing everything in the business every day than being the one that's able to kind of help manage and delegate and things like that. It's a totally different experience. And I've really loved doing that, um, you know, and hiring people that makes me happy that I get to, you know, employ people when they get to thrive. So learning, like continuing to grow the agency, I love, but not being the person in the agency doing everything. Um, and like you said, that's kind of freed up time to um, to kind of focus on coaching people a little bit more, as well as like my Bubbles and Biz podcast. Um, that's been really fun. I've gotten a lot of feedback recently because I'm about to hit year five and I'm like, am I still helping people? Am I still reaching people? I mean, I'm just drinking champagne in my closet. Like, is anybody <laughs> like really... And at recently, and at, maybe that's the universe kind of answering this question for me, like people have come up to me like, this is so helpful. Like I get so much from your episodes. So that has kind of reignited that fire. Um, so yeah, so kind of coaching and the podcast of being able to help, help people in that capacity. Awesome. Right. Now I noticed you mentioned coaching a lot. And so obviously that is a driving passion and yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was going to ask you if you, uh, did you get a mentor or a coach in your career, like early on in your career, or do you still have one? Or uh, is it something that just kind of developed? Yeah, it's just kind of something that developed. Um, I have taken a few courses with people, um, but I've never had like a full time like business coach or anything like that. Um, and just what I've kind of learned along the way has, and I think that's what kind of held me back for a while too, is like, well, I'm not, you know, like Tony Robbins or anything. I can't really tell people what to do, but people that are a few years behind me in the entrepreneurship, you know, road, I'm, like they're just like, oh my goodness, this, I wouldn't have thought of this. I love it, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I've kind of just found my own thing and I, and I don't actually even like really using the word coach. So I don't really know what to call myself, but 
um, just, yeah, want to help them get to where they're going and what works for them. Yeah, I love that. I don't like using the word coach. And I think that's because part of my language here, but I think it's because the term has been bastardized over the years. Yes. Yeah. Right. So now you got all these gurus. Some of them are what we call the Internet gurus. And I don't mean that in a positive way. Right. And uh, then there's other people that are sharing actual experience. And sometimes the people that present themselves the, the best are usually the worst. And sometimes people that don't present as well are the most helpful. And then you have everybody in between. Yep. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> and it's like trying to figure out what's going to work. And, and again, it goes back to what I always say. If you're trying to be everything for everybody, you're going to be a lot of nothing for nobody. Yeah, exactly. Love that. Love that. Love that. All right. So now you obviously uh, do podcasts as well. And how did you come up with that theme? Um, yeah. So I, yeah, this was four or five years ago. Um, kind of, you know, being a solopreneur can be lonely and stressful and exciting too. And people like my, my family loves hearing like what's going on in my business, but it's not quite the same as talking no. to other business owners. Um, so I just kind of wanted a community and I like champagne. And so the thought just kind of came up. So I stuck them together and um, I almost canceled like the first five or six episodes because I was so nervous. Um, but we did the help, the champagne helped push through that. And um, <laughs> it's been amazing. And I, I've talked to people around the world. I have made friends. Um, I've had referrals. Um, it's just, it's been such a cool experience. Um, so I'm glad yeah, I'm stuck with it. Yeah, I love that. So, you know, I'm nervous. Drink some champagne. Oh, I'm not nervous anymore. Young exactly. hole. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome, awesome there. Uh, yeah, like love the concept there. I, I, I love how, you know, how everything, like you, you put it there. And I love your authenticity here. Now, where I'm going with this is that we have, a lot of times, we doubt ourselves, right? And, that we, and I'm trying to figure out why, 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 why. You know, like you said, you felt so nervous with the first five episodes. You wanted to cancel it. And you know what I mean? It's like it's you create that self-doubt. You notice that sometimes some of the best work comes when we doubt ourselves the most. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's like, why do we doubt ourselves like that? Why is that imposter syndrome, as I'll call it, exist? I don't know. and it, But it's strong, you know, and it's real. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you found a way around it, which is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it, it still tries to creep up sometimes. Um, and I, I still am trying to get more comfortable with video. I've always shied away from video. Um, but yeah, I think at a certain point, we just have to realize like, all right, like we have to go for it. Like again, those little steps forward, either if we're like super uncomfortable, because um, that's the only thing that's going to get us to grow outside of our comfort zone, which is, you know, where things start to really happen, I feel like. Yeah, growth comes from the other side of, com of uh, comfort. Mm -hmm. I, that's one thing which brings up a quote that I learned. Successful people find it just as hard as unsuccessful people. The only difference is successful people do it anyways. Right. Yes. So love that. All right. So now in light of time, I'm going to get down to the last couple of questions and then go into what I call the lightning round. Ooh, that sounds fun. Oh, it is. It's just fun questions about the uh, personal side of it versus just business. <laughs> so second last question is, how do you know you've had a successful day? Oh, um, I am not stressed. I'm happy. Uh, I'm there for my kids. I'm not worrying about something that's, you know, like an email that's off in the world or something that has to be done. Um, that my teammate, like my, my team is happy and everybody's like on task. Yeah. That to me looks like a successful day, not being totally stressed out at the end of the day. <laughs> awesome. All right. Last but not least before the lightning round 
is anyone looking to reach out and find you, where would they go? Yeah. Um, so my website, um, nb.marketing, um, you can kind of start there. Um, and on all social media, it's nb.mktg. So just marketing shortened. Um, and then there's also the podcast that's on all the podcast places that's bubbles and biz. Awesome. 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 All right. Let's get into the lightning round with question number one. What is your favorite food and why? Ooh, a hamburger. Uh, cause they're delicious. A hamburger and French fries. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I get it. I get it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I can do without the fries, although some of them I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you've been at a place. We have a place called Swiss chalet mm-hmm. and I love their fries. It's one of those things I could do without fries in general, but when I'm there, it's like, you want the salad, right? No, I don't. No, no thank you. Yeah, I, I like potatoes anyway, so like any which way you want to make them, I will eat them. Yeah, 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 exactly. And But you're right. I can understand. And burgers, whoo, yummy, yeah. mm-hmm. especially uh, the ones with the thick patties. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Favorite travel spot and why? Ooh. Um, we... We went to Montana last year. We went to Flathead Lake right outside of Glacier National Park, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. Um, so that's the first one that comes to mind. And then we go to the Oregon coast a lot. The Oregon coast is amazing. Yeah, everybody has to go visit it. Um, so, yeah, that, those are the two that come to mind. <laughs> there we go. Got it. All right. Number three, favorite podcast and or book. Ooh. Um, book. The recent, I have a lot of favorite books, but the one that really stood out, actually there's two that I recently listened to over the last year, uh, Never Finished by David Goggins. Uh, it's amazing. His story is incredible. And then In Tune with the Infinite, um, Ralph Waldo Trine. Um, so I really like the discipline of like military thing with David Goggins. And then I also like the spirituality. So again, kind of like mushing those together, um, took a lot from both of those books. Got it. Awesome. Last but not least is... If you were given unlimited amount of money to spend, but you had to spend it in 48 hours, what you spend, you get to keep. What you don't spend gets taken away. What would you do? Oh, oh, geez. Um, I don't know. Oh, that's a hard one. Um, if I take my family somewhere, go do something fun. Absolutely. Get some wine. Um, donate to my kids at school because it's amazing. Um, and probably some, hire some more team members so I can, you know, go with my family again. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Love that. Awesome. Nicole, this has been phenomenal. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, just enjoyed all of it. Absolute pleasure. I look forward to uh, maybe uh, redoing this in a few months and see how things are going. Yeah, I would love that. Absolutely. If you like what you saw and you want to see some more, subscribe to the link below. Thanks for tuning in to the John Papaloni Show.